This is the High School Football America podcast for August the 2nd, 2019. I'm Jeff Fisher. Today we go to Austin, Texas, and we're going to talk with a good friend, Chuck Peterson. I met Chuck when High School Football America was based in Southern California. He was the head coach at Orange Lutheran High School. Uh, They're in the very tough Trinity League, and he's had a long, long time in the business. Uh, Just a great guy, wonderful coach, and uh, Chuck uh, was the AFCA assistant college football coach of the year when he was at Air Force. He also played there, and he is now the head coach at Hyde Park in Austin, Texas, the Hyde Park Panthers. They are part of the Texas Association of Private and Parochial Schools, affectionately known as TAPS. Uh, I know uh, in the 10 years that we've been doing this, uh, Chuck is going to be the first uh, TAPS coach to be with us. Everybody knows uh, the UIL, uh, the big teams like uh, like uh, Allen, like Katie, those sort of schools. But uh, today we're going to have Chuck on to uh, talk about TAPS, and that's where we're going to start, Chuck. Uh, give the uh, give the listeners a little bit of a breakdown. Taps versus the UIL. In the state of Texas, outside of Dallas Jesuit and Strake Jesuit out of Houston, you have uh, basically two organizing bodies, a UIL, which manages the public schools, and Taps, which manages the private schools. Then there's also a, a third organizing body, uh, SBC, that handles a, a, a very limited amount of schools in Oklahoma and Texas. So I guess my point in all that is that, um, you know, our schools that are the members of TAPS obviously are faith-based uh, by the name of the organization. And so that's always going to be at the forefront of any decision that TAPS makes uh, along with the member schools. Uh, same game uh, at a smaller scale, uh, from an enrollment standpoint, uh, but but still, it's high school football, Friday night lights, and um, nothing better than Texas high school football. Yeah, it doesn't matter what level Chuck Peterson on the line. He's the head coach at Hyde Park in Austin, Texas. Um, I, I did have a chance a couple of weeks ago to talk to Bruce Rollinson, who's number one in our High School Football America 100. And, I, I, you know, when I've talked to Bruce so many times, and I know you're friends with Bruce and, and coached against him in the Trinity League, but I, I had never asked him about the faith aspect of, of you know, coaching at a school where, where faith is a very important thing, a very part of the daily life of the student-athletes. And I know you've got a very very deep faith. I, I would love to spend a few moments here allowing you to kind of talk about how you as a head coach not only, you know, work with your staff when it comes to making sure that there's a, you know, there's a, a, a greater thing other than the football game, uh, whether it's with your staff or with your student athletes. Could you just kind of expand upon that a little bit and explain that to our listeners, how you feel the yeah. two walk hand in hand? Well, and I thank you for even asking that question, Jeff. I think there's a couple of things that, that you know, I think I need to bring out, but one of the things that there are great football coaches everywhere, um, at every level, uh, tremendous human beings, tremendous men. Uh, but my job as a head football coach here at, uh, Hyde Park and then, uh, at Orange Lutheran is to surround my players with, godly men that happen to be really good football coaches. And that's not necessarily the case everywhere. Uh, So I take that responsibility uh, a great deal. Uh, And then the second thing is as as a coach at a um, institution of higher learning that uh, abides by biblical principles, it's not enough just to be a good football coach, but we have to uh, help the mothers and the fathers uh, that entrust their kids to us to raise their kids to be the men that God need them to be. And that's an amazing uh, responsibility mm-hmm. uh, that we don't take lightly at all. And and so you add all that together, uh, and it really is one of those things that you kind of, you hear the term now, everybody's looking for the why. Um, I found my why here. And um, it's it's really a neat thing to be able to do that on a daily basis. Unfortunately, throughout this country, the public schools in some ways are getting beat up if they even pray with their kids. Yep. Uh, And uh, 
you know, I'm not going to get into all the legalities of that, but I just know this where I am. Uh, I'm free to do all of that. And so we're going to open in prayer every practice. We're going to close in prayer. Uh, and that is the foundation of our program. And it's been really freeing to be able to do that. Uh, unfortunately, there were some things that went on at Air Force um, many years ago with Coach DeBerry. And, you know, it was almost like they cut his legs out from under him. And um, fortunately for me, I'm able to be who I am and who I want to be. And very frankly, it's demanded of me. And so that's a good thing. And, and we're talking with Chuck Peterson tonight. And Chuck, if we can dive just a little bit deeper on that, um, give me some personal um, experiences where you can say, you know, this is definitely uh, the best combination, meaning the football and the faith part of it, because I know you probably have a story or two, because again, it, it is sad to know that, you know, I know a lot of coaches around the country that want to take a knee at the end and, and say a little prayer, and they just know they can't do that anymore. So can you give us a couple of examples that kind of highlight the importance of the two? Well, I think, um, you know, just just the way that we conduct our day-to-day operation. Um, and I don't have to look over my shoulder at anything. Um, you know, most oftentimes, uh, we're going to pray prior to the game with our opponent on the field, uh, after the game, certainly, um, that happens on the field. Uh, I don't know if that happens very often throughout this country in, in a public school setting. And, and I'm not being negative towards those guys. No, I know. Um, you know, if I'm at a public school, I have to do what, you know, the law uh, says that I have to do. But that's what I'm saying. It's about a freedom. Um, right now I'm in uh, discussion with uh, one of our rival coaches here in Austin uh, about potentially taking a couple of our players on a mission trip to Israel over the summer uh, and combine not only – kind of the touring aspect, but at the same time uh, do football clinics uh, for high school and middle school kids in, in Israel. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to do that. Um, you know, we're going to – it's just I, – I don't know. It's, oh, it, it could be as large as you want it to be and pretty exciting uh, in, in the fact that we can do it and, and not even – hide that fact. Yeah, no, it's it's beautiful. And for those just tuning in going, what am I listening to? We're talking with Chuck Peterson, a man of great faith, so am I, and I just want to give him the platform because I've heard him speak uh, not only to uh, to me, but but to his his players as well. And it's 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 an important part of who Chuck is. And I think, uh, you know, going back to just knowing you as well as I do, I think it's probably a, a freedom for you as, you, as you so well said. Now let's kind of hop into, you know, the Hyde Park Panthers. You were at the, at the pressure cook known as the Trinity League. For those of you that aren't familiar with the Trinity League, that's St. John Bosco. That's modern day. It's Servite, and uh, Coach Peterson coached at uh, Orange Lutheran. Tell me about the the, the, the difference. What 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 were you able to? Uh, what did you have to dial back? <laughs> what makes you breathe a little bit easier? Because <laughs> the pressure is yeah. definitely different. Tell me tell me the biggest change for you uh, just stepping down into uh, back to Texas, where you love. Well, all the above, to be honest with you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I equated that, and I, I said it, I think, the, the first day I got, got the job, job and, and I'd I continue to say it. That's, that's the premier, premier uh, in, in my opinion, the premier high school football district, league, whatever you want to say, in America. Um, that doesn't mean that there are other, aren't great players, great coaches, great programs throughout the country, especially in the state that I'm in now. Uh, but it, it was just an amazing five years in terms of just the exposure. Um, I equated it at the time. We were like the SEC West. Um, I happened to be Vanderbilt, and Bruce was, uh, was Alabama, and uh, Negro was um, – you know, Auburn, somebody like that. Um, so, but I think, again, the thing that, that's really interesting is the way that the state of California organizes their athletic programs and that the publics and the privates all are in the same 
organizing body, uh, which is CIF, uh, that lends itself for much different things to happen uh, than they do here. And so, um, you know, with the TAPs set up the way it is, um, we're much smaller. Uh, you know, it's a lot different in the way that we approach the game as opposed to um, the way they did or the way they do in, in, in Southern California in the Trinity League. And that's not negative. It's just, it's different. Um, it might be a, the equivalent of going from, um, you know, a Power Five conference to um, a Division Three type of attitude. Oh, okay. And the game is still the same. Um, you play the game, obviously, to be competitive and to, to do what you can do to win the game. But um, it's it's not the end all. Um, you know, those guys are every every day fighting to keep their jobs, and if they don't win, uh, there's a good chance they won't be there much longer than than tomorrow. And that's no different than uh, what the college football game has has become too. Yeah, and you're getting ready to uh, head into uh, fall camp, which is uh, that doesn't matter what level you're at. It's exciting. So what are you feeling right now as you head into 2019? You know, I'm I'm excited. Um, I shared this with our administrative staff the other day, um, and again, it goes back to kind of our mission here, but um, I have almost a totally brand-new football team from a year ago. Um, lost a lot of tremendous seniors guys that had played in the program for uh, four years and had gone through the ups and the downs and the coaching change and all of that. Um, but what I'm excited about is having uh, an impact on a group of young men that I didn't, I didn't know this time last year. And that's exciting. Um, I'm excited. We have added three new coaches to our staff, which always – brings in fresh ideas and different ways to do things. Um, I don't know if this is a good thing or not. I'm going to share it at my parent meeting tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> we have, including me, we have seven coaches on our staff. So, again, that's a big difference between the Trinity League and where, where I am. Um, you know, I think I had seven freshman coaches alone in in that uh, world that I used to live in, and and I've only got seven total, including me. But um, of the seven, we have 211 years of experience wow. uh, going into this year. And, and that includes one guy that's now on number year number two. So you take, you take him out of the equation, and we got six at, two, at two, uh, 209. Um, got some great men uh, that have just, I mean, are great coaches, and I can't wait to put them in front of our guys as well. Um, so like any year, it's one of those things that we'll look back on in November and have a record, and it, it might be 14-0. It may not that be that way. But as I've shared with all of my parents through all the years that I've been in it, um, we'll know if we were successful 20, 25 years from now when – um, these kids have grown to be men and are great fathers, great husbands, um, great representatives of their religious faith. And at that point, if we had something to do with it, then we've won. No doubt about it. That's a W that will not show up in the uh, the win column, but uh, it is a big win in life. Chuck Peterson is with us. Hyde Park in Austin, Texas. That's where he's the head coach heading into his third year. And, and you know, Coach, you, to- you, you touched on something there that I really wanted to take a step further, which is you're bringing in these new coaches. You've been around this game. You've been on a staff where somebody's brought you in and you've coached under somebody. You've now been the head guy. You bring. What are some of the secrets for, for the coaches that listen to this? You know, What are the secrets when you're forming a staff? What are you looking for as the HC when it comes to finding a, a, an OC, a DC, or you know, just a linebackers, running backs coach, whatever it may be? You know, the first thing I'm going to do is just look at what kind of man he is. Um, like I said earlier, I mean, there's a lot of great coaches. I could go in and find if that's the only criteria I'm looking for. But, uh, you know, I want here godly men. I wanted that at Orange Lutheran, and 
I don't care if I'm in Alabama, I want godly men. And, and first and foremost, I want men of great character um, with work ethic, but they're going to be good to kids. And as I've always told my guys, you know, I want you to coach your players like you would want your own sons or daughters to be coached. Mm-hmm. So that's first. And then um, what I want to do is I want to look at what they do from a system standpoint if they're a coordinator. Um, offensively, I've been really fortunate because that's kind of been my my thing over the years. So even if I have a coordinator on my staff, normally uh, I've been in a position where I could uh, call the you know, call the game, um, manage the game, put the game together. But uh, defensively, that's a, a big challenge for me is to get a guy that's really got high energy, that's going to be sound fundamentally, uh, and is, is going to have his kids play hard. And, you know, as a position coach, I, you know, I just felt like the best thing you can do for your head coach or your coordinator is have your guys know what to do and play as hard as they can. And if they know what to do and they play as hard as they can, I don't know if you can ask much more. Um, but I think it all goes back to what kind of men they are. And once I figured that out, um, it's been my opinion over the years that you can coach just about anything. The easiest thing for me to do is kind of teach coaches how to coach. I can't, you know, and I, I do hope I have some influence, but it's hard for me to, teach men to be good men if they've not been that way before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Chuck Peterson on the line tonight on High School Football America's podcast. We're talking about the Hyde Park Panthers in Austin, Texas. And you know what we like to do at this time of year or whenever we get uh, coaches on the air. It's trying to get some kids' names in there that uh, not only you expect uh, to have some great things on the field from them, but you're also looking for leadership. So who are some of you? You said you got a new team this year. So who are some of the Panthers you're looking to, to have step up early on, especially as you head into camp? Yeah, I know. I, we've got a, a kid that um, was an all-district safety a year ago, Luke Heineman, um, who is a quarterback, uh, backed up a kid that um, is actually uh, playing quarterback now at the University of Texas as a preferred walk-on, uh, Ben Ballard. So he, you know, backed Ben up all year, um, but became a great safety for us and. Uh, you know, we're going to ride him and hopefully, um, you know, he'll do the things that we're, um, think he's capable of doing. Uh, so I, re- I really like Luke. Um, you know, I've just got a bunch of young guys and uh, eventually they're going to grow up. Um, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to take our lumps early potentially, but, uh, I have a, a big defensive tackle in Spencer Dye who was a, starter at guard for us last year and he's going to be a two-way player for us this year and we're going to expect a lot from Spencer but those are probably my two guys just from a college standpoint that um, you know potentially have an opportunity to go somewhere. But uh, you know I'm not just about going up to the next level who are some of the other kids so we can you know moms and dads can hear them by name as you talk about them. Yeah you know we've got a kid and and the one thing that that we do here at Hyde Park, um, and I know a lot of people talk about it, but this is kind of neat. I mean, our, most of our kids are going to play at least two, maybe three sports. Uh, we have a kid that's just a throwback that if he played with me in 1980 at Eastern Hills High School, um, we'd have been best friends. <laughs> Wesley Conquest, um, he goes from football and does everything he can in a football world, and then the day football stops, he becomes a baseball player, and he's a tremendous baseball player. Um, so I think Wesley's kind of that guy. Uh, our other safety that made all district last year, Riley Beckham, goes from football, and then he hangs up the helmet and he goes straight to the basketball court, as Luke Heinemann does. So you have Wesley, you have um, you have Riley, and then I have a young, you know, kind of phenom project so to speak, and Noah Bassett, who's a sophomore, um, knows about 6'5", oh, probably 180, 185. He's an outside receiver for us, 
he's a tremendous basketball player, played AAU basketball all summer, and then is, you know, one of those guys, I said, I need you to run track in the spring if you're not playing baseball, and he sure did. Um, so he's all about being better and being good at the sport that he's participating in, and uh, I'm excited to see what Noah can do. Chuck Peterson, the head coach at Hyde Park High School, the Panthers in Austin, Texas. And, you know, that's probably a good segue into uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you anyway, but I think this is the best place for it, which is I know you believe in multi-sport athletes. I know that you you yourself, you were that type of athlete. You played several different sports. Um, what's the best sport you think a kid can play as it relates to football? And I, I just had a conversation with David Alexander at Broken Arrow in Oklahoma. He's a big wrestling guy. I had a guy in Tennessee said the same thing the other day, uh, Kevin Creasy at, uh, at Oakland High School in Tennessee. What, what do you think the best sport is to, to keep, you, keep you sharp and, and the skills translate to the football field? Well, you're going to get me in trouble now because um, I can't win this argument. You know that. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm a big proponent in the spring for football kids to run track. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I don't like baseball, and I was a baseball player. In fact, that was probably, of the two sports I played, the, the better sport for me. Um, had an opportunity that I turned down to, to go to TCU as a baseball player and ended up uh, playing football at Air Force. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a baseball fanatic, but um, I really think track, from a football standpoint, teaches a mental toughness. Um, if it's taught the right way, you can develop skills that translate to the football field. However, I will also agree with Coach Alexander, and I know Coach Alexander pretty well, but um, I love wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach DeBerry used to say he's never met a good wrestler that wasn't a good football player. And I go back to our Air Force days, one of our greatest linebackers in the history of Air Force. Um, I'm sitting there watching him one, one day against Notre Dame. 1985, we beat them. And Terry Mackey had 23 tackles. And he was a great wrestler from the state of Montana. Uh, grew up as his dad was a Christmas tree farmer. Uh, can't make <laughs> stuff like this up. Nope. <laughs> and then he was a tremendous, um, in uh, Desert Storm, he was... Um, a special ops officer, and I'll just let you believe all the things that that could probably tell you about him. Uh, Chad Hennings, probably uh, maybe arguably the greatest player that Air Force ever produced, uh, was a state champion wrestler in the state of Iowa. So I I think Iowa or wrestling is also uh, something that lends itself to to really really good high school and potentially. Uh, college and NFL athletes, for sure. Well, you know, as you started talking, you know, track there, I, I hearken back to my interview and my friendship with Ken Dabbs. And for those of you who don't know, because uh, I've never told this, uh, although it's on the back of my book that I wrote, uh, Chuck was uh, gracious enough to not only pre-read it with all the grammatical errors and spelling errors and spell checking <laughs> and help me out, but but I, 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 I digress to get to the point on Ken Dabbs, who's in the book, and uh, Coach Dabbs is, is known is the man that brought Earl Campbell and a lot of All-Americans to the University of Texas. Uh, What Ken may have been known for, although he was a great football coach, he was a great track coach in high school. And he believes long and hard that that is the sport for football players. So you're not necessarily out there in in left field, but uh, uh, I I think it's an interesting point. I mean, he would, he would tell stories about, you know, Johnny Lamb Jones and, you know, he could tell from from his feet to his toes and everything else. So it it, it teaches you a whole lot. That's for sure. Chuck Peterson on the line. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I'm just going to jump that. Um, You know, if I had the perfect scenario, I would have a kid play football in the fall. He'd wrestle in the winter. He'd run track in the spring. And I think he'd have a pretty pretty competitive athlete. Uh, but as a high school kid, uh, growing up in Fort Worth, they used to have a Fort Worth Coaches Association Southwest Conference indoor track meet. And it was really amazing. And at the time that I was growing up as a kid um, in high school, you had Johnny Lamb um, and you had, Curtis Dickey, 
who ended up going to A&M. And, of course, Johnny Lamb went to Texas. He had Mike Mosley that was a hurdler that went to A&M. But that for a kid, and it was really cool because the track was a bank wooden track. And you had Michael Carter throwing the shot. Uh, at You had Carl Lewis uh, participating as well from the University of Houston. But the, the high school coaches association in Fort Worth put it on every year as a fundraiser. They had to build the track. They had to do all the things that track organizers do. And they used all of us as kind of the, the worker bees. You know, we'd set hurdles, we'd pull hurdles off. And we were basically, we held the blocks in place on the wood track <laughs> at the different events. And, and I sat there and held Curtis Dickey's blocks as he came out. And I, to this day, you know, I've been around some really good looking athletes and have played against a lot of them. He was as good looking as a, athletes i've ever seen and the explosion coming out of those blocks was unbelievable um and it's one of those moments that i'll never forget but yeah so growing up as a kid that's kind of the life that we lived but track was a big thing and continues to be that way um especially here in austin one of the things that gets asked of me all of the time is jeff why doesn't Texas go out of state? Why don't they have, you know, all this stuff? And I try to explain to people that Texas is unto itself. And I'm not talking about the rules from the UIL and they do use NCAA rules instead of the NFHS and all that. My point of this, and, and, and I want your take on this, is to explain to people how special Texas is, not just in football, but in all sports. It, it doesn't need, it's its own country, I guess is the best way to put it. But you've, you, you've grown up in the system, you've played in the system, you've coached in the system at collegiate, at this collegiate level as well at North Texas. Can you kind of put that into a, a nice, succinct answer for people around the country that don't understand and, and want to mess with Texas? <laughs> No, I, you know, I just think that um, there's a lot of pride in this state. Um, nobody's going to um, deny that there isn't great football everywhere. And, you know, I was fortunate in a 22-year college career to recruit a bunch of great kids from a lot of states. But um, it just, it, I, it's, it's hard unless you're here. You, you don't understand it. Um, why would Allen need to go play anybody else when they can play Katie or they can play Odessa Permian or they can play whoever, just name mm-hmm. it. Um, Cedar Hill, Duncanville. Uh, I, you know, I had the privilege of sitting there watching the Duncanville game a year ago at Jerry world, arguably one of the greatest games I've ever seen in a state championship game. And there were 40,000 of us just going nuts. And none of us really had anything to do with the teams that were there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, literally, to me, and I'm kind of sidetracking, but you know me well enough, you know I'll do that. <laughs> it, it, it should be everybody's bucket list like it is mine to go to Augusta one day, uh, to go to Fenway and watch a game, but to come watch Texas high school football state championship at Jerry World. You get there at like 8 o'clock in the morning, you see – three or four games, you're not home until midnight, it's, it's nothing better than that. And so for me, it's, it, it isn't that modern day can't play with somebody here. You, they can. But it, it really isn't necessary. And, again, I think the cool thing is it's still high school football. Yeah. And I think somewhere along the line we've kind of maybe forgotten that. Um and have tried to grow up beyond what we really need to, it's still about 15, 16, 17, and 18-year-old kids that 95% of them will never experience anything outside of that high school experience. Mm -hmm. So let's not forget it's not about all the other things. It's about just being great at what you do, and, and I think nobody does that better than here. 
Yeah, agreed. No doubt about it. Chuck Peterson on the line, uh, head coach at Hyde Park in Austin, Texas right now. He, uh, as I said, at the the head of this AFCA assistant coach of the year at Air Force. You played there. I, I want you to have a hat that's kind of split down the middle now because you were the recruiter and you've been the head coach of some very fine young men that have gotten recruited and gone on to the next level. For the parents out there that listen to this, give them some advice. What What is the thing that they should be looking about when a Chuck Peterson sits down in the living room and then what is the advice you give as the head coach of a high school team now in the same angle is there a difference or is it the same no I think it's pretty much the same thing um over the years I've I think I've developed a little bit of of knowledge in the system having been at both ends of it and I also a year um in between college job um you know, I form my own company in a recruiting system world, but I think the first thing you got to ask is, is this where I want my son to graduate from? And if the degree isn't going to be what I want him to graduate from, then chances are, I don't know if that's a fit. Now that's a Pollyanna world because you have some kids that are these five-star kids that aren't thinking necessarily about a degree. And, you know, it's just another, as they call it, I'm going to the next level. Well, at some point, the next level ends, and there is no more levels. And and so I've majority of the, the families that I would talk to or talk to in my situation is, and I even did that with my kids at Orange Lutheran that I knew were big time players. I mean, kids that we skyped with Nick Saban on. But um, it's about where do you want to be, where do you want to graduate from. And don't go for that assistant coach that walks in the office because there's a good chance you won't be there the whole time you're there. Um, you know, don't go for the slide that you can slide down the, um, you know, the locker room that is so cool right now. I mean, these kids don't even understand, you know, you're going to spend six hours a day in your job, which is football. And it has nothing to do with, a locker. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many elements to it. And so you just kind of take off all that stuff and say, as a friend of mine used to say, Todd Spencer, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing should be academics. It should be the people you're surrounding yourself with. Um, honestly, it's can my family and friends have an opportunity to see me. Um, you know, I know it's, easier now to get to places you know with air travel and all that but but still you know it was uh i want my mom and dad to come see me play (laughs) and um you know and it's a little easier to do that today but um it happens so fast that you know i'd like for them to have a great experience and if that you know if that's local great if it's not um so be it but there's a real good chance the head coach that you sign with isn't going to be there and um, at the end of your time. And so what else do you have to lay back on? Mm-hmm. Well said. Chuck Peterson on the line, Hyde Park Panthers in Austin, Texas. We've gone off on tangents as we usually do. Um, one of the things <laughs> that I want to bring up is um, your son Brady uh, just graduated from the Naval Academy uh, in Annapolis. I loved seeing the pictures of you and your wife, Roya, just throughout the course of his career there. I, the question is this, um, you know, dad coach, dad coached the son, and then you got to see him go on uh, to, to serve this country or will be serving this country. Uh, can you put into words what that experience was like and how proud you are of, of Brady? Because I know you are, and I'm, I'm giving you this to, to brag, not to, to say, you know, here's a question. It, it's to brag. <laughs> no, I'm not going to brag. Um, I, I have a great sense of pride. Uh, I think partly is because I know kind of what he's been through and, um, and it is an easy journey. I was thinking back on this ironically just the other night, you know, when I started my journey at Air Force in 1980, um, and this, I may have missed a year, but at some point I think I had at least somewhat of an influence of a kid being in a service academy from 1980 to right now, my nephew is there, uh, as well as a former OLU player that I had some influence on. 
So I don't know how many years that is, but I've had somebody a part of an academy, I think, from 1980 on. Wow. Um, and, you know, that includes my son. And so for me as a dad, um, he got a tremendous experience playing for Coach Nehemiah and the coaching staff there at Navy. Um, again, it's one of those iconic things. Yeah, the degree, all that. But, you know, for a dad to sit and watch an Army-Navy game in person was unbelievable. And to see my kid be a part of that game um, was unbelievable. Um, so all of that being said, you know, the football end of it is, is a, a big deal. But more importantly, uh, you know, the education they received, the people that he was associated with, and then certainly um, now as a commissioned second lieutenant in the Marine Corps, um, he has chosen a life that I couldn't have done, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't have done the Marine Corps as much as I love my country and served it in the Air Force. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign it up for the job he's going to do. <laughs> and, um, and so, he's, as I've told him, you're my hero uh, because I'm, I'm not in that world anymore. And uh, it's exciting because they, uh, for nine months, he's going to be a graduate assistant coach at Navy. So he's already seeing uh, the coaching end of it. In fact, they had a junior day the other day, and he called me and he said, man, I am worn out. <laughs> and I just cracked up. And here's this 23-year-old, 24-year-old going, Dad, I'm tired. And I go, well, try getting on an airplane. And doing that Monday through Friday, two months in December, two months in um, January, two months in the spring, and and then having to be on like you did for one day, every day. He said, man, I don't know how you did it. And uh, so, but he's doing that for nine months, and then he'll go to Quantico in March, and he'll go through the basic school, learning how to be a Marine Corps officer, and... Uh, my wife and I are really proud, and thank you for asking about him. No, absolutely. We're proud, and thank you. Uh, uh, thank him for us, for what he does for this country. It made me also think of another another question. My good friend just uh, became the D.C. at Army, John Luce. I had him on the show here. He has a great camp in, in, in at Lafayette College yep. for his, his daughter. And uh, it just made me think about, and I, I talked to John about this, not only on the air but off, but I, I don't know that the, the academies have ever lost their glitter when it comes to football. Football, but there were moments when two and nine records didn't exactly catch the fancy, if you will, of the of the football world, right? But I, I have right. a feeling that it's very, very different right now uh, with what Army did, last, you know, taking Oklahoma to to, to the end and, and all that. Um, what, what's it like to have coached there, played there? You have your son that played at Navy. Do, do you think the academies and football there is is at a at probably one of its high points ever, you know, prior to going back to when Army was winning national championships and all that and, and the Roger Staubach yeah. days. I think it's as, as, as relevant today as it's ever been. Um, obviously, you know, in the 40s with, you know, Blanchard and Davis and then, you know, with Bellino and Staubach in the 60s and then obviously the Air Force run we made from, 82 to 2002 um, was really unparalleled uh, in terms of academy success over a sustained period of time. Um, so yeah, I think I think you've got kind of the perfect storm, and it right now um, so many people are doing things offensively, and that don't equate to what the academies are doing. And so now all of a sudden, you've got a generation of guys. Loose not included, because I, I know John, and he's a great coach and has been at West Point before and is coming back, but um, they don't know how to defend the option. They've never done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are looking at it like it's, it's some foreign language. <laughs> you know, now, they can line up and play against the spread team all day long. And so I think that part of it is – and then I do think there's just – in our country ebbs and flows um, – but I think there's a patriotism, there's a sense of honor and service that maybe didn't exist coming out of Vietnam. Uh, I know that, you know, in the in the '60s, late '60s, early '70s, it was a struggle for all of the academies, and 
I think we're at that point now. Um, you know, I love John to death, but, uh, you know, I'm going to root against him at least twice <laughs> every year. Um, you know, because an Air Force guy with a kid that played at Navy can't like West Point. But, you know, but I, and again, a sidelight is, you know, Brady's classmate at Orange Lutheran and my quarterback there for two years. Luke Langdon just graduated from West Point, uh, played there for four years and is a second lieutenant in the Army now. But um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you can tell my love of the academy. Um, I, you know, it's there's three teams I root for. Sometimes I don't root for Army as much as the other two, but um, <laughs> I, it's just because I do something different and special, um, and that doesn't mean that anybody else isn't relevant or doesn't do things the right way but those three freaking are pretty dang awesome yeah no doubt about it chuck peterson on the line head coach at hyde park we're talking a lot of things we've already talked hyde park and we're just kind of wrapping things up here um i know you love baseball you and i uh, broke bread and uh, had a fun night uh, trying to figure out your all-time teams and all that but when you're not watching football when you're not coaching football what what sport do you enjoy watching and uh, just kind of sitting back going hey that's fun just from a pure sporting entertainment point of view that's a great that's a great point. I, I love watching college football, uh, and then I'll go to the NFL. I I'm not a big fan of baseball in, on television, but if you give me an opportunity to go to any park um, on any evening, I will do it. Um, I just grew up doing that, and so for me, I have a love for baseball, uh, live baseball. I don't like watching it on TV. Um, but I love the all-star game, the major league baseball all-star game. Um, I will watch that whatever I'm doing, wherever I am. I just, I think it's the, the purest form of, of an all-star game. Um, you can have the other ones and that's a waste of <laughs> opportunity to me, but, um, you know, so I guess I, I would say, you know, for sure baseball live. Um, but I'm, you know, uh, I had an opportunity Oh, last year I went to a, you know, a Texas game. I've been to an A&M game at College Station. I love the atmosphere of college football uh, beyond anything. I mean, if you walk into Kyle Field and can't get um, fired up about it and you, you don't even have to be an Aggie, but it's just an experience that you can't forget going into Notre Dame Stadium. And it, there's a book in itself uh, that I've been fortunate enough to to be a part of a lot of different games in a lot of different venues. But, um, and then, and I love playing a game of golf. Um, don't watch it a lot on TV, except the majors, um, play it a lot as much as I can. I'm not very good, but I like it. And, you know, then certainly there's, I grew up going to colonial in Fort Worth. So I love watching live golf. Um, I guess that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, we're getting old, so that's what the old people are supposed to do, golf. So we're, we're going to wrap up here with uh, some rapid-fire one-liners. Best high school football player in Texas that you played against, no matter what position? Turner Gill. Why? Played at Arlington Heights, um, played quarterback, and um, played shortstop in baseball, and I never beat him. Uh, District championship last game, last two years of my high school career when they only took two um, out of each or one out of each district, he beat us. And then I lost to him um, at best two or three in baseball every year. And the two games we lost every year, he'd pitch the first one, we'd lose. We'd beat him when he played short the second <laughs> one, and he'd pitch the third, and we lost him in the, that one. Pretty good one. A pretty good one. No doubt about that. Okay. Next question. You're um, a, a, a Texas high school football player you wish you had seen in person, but hadn't. Oh, wow. That's a great question because I've seen some great ones. Um, in person. Golly, you got me there. Um <laughs> Well, that was my job. I wanted to get because you and I, as as people yeah. don't know this, but when we're sitting down, we can just kind of riff on a bunch of things. I was like, I got to get something to stump them. So that was the one I was hoping would. Yeah, you know what? I guess Daryl Green, because hmm. guy played to his after forty and still beat people in the in the forty every time he wanted to. Um, I guess Daryl Green. Okay, 
Fair enough, fair enough. Who was the coach in Texas, high school football coach, that taught you the most? Mm, high school football coach. High school football um, coach, yeah. You know, um, because of my experience, you know, after I graduated from high school and I came back as a, um, a recruiter, um, the guy I spent a lot of time with was Mickey Moss. Um, you know, I'd get there early and... Mickey and I would just have great conversations like you and I do sometimes that have nothing to do with football. <laughs> and um, before I looked up, it was nine thirty, ten o'clock, and we'd been there for two hours. But, you know, I just I appreciate Mickey just retired um, from Rockwell Heath High School and um, just just was a is a tremendous man, but a really good football coach. But, you know, I liked I like my time I spent with Mickey. Which coach did you meet at any level that you got a little tongue tied where you're like, wow, this is a guy I've been wanting to meet all my life. I got, I, I'm finally getting to meet him. Any, anybody kind of, you know, not starry eyed or idolized, but in that category. Well, there's two stories you know, there's always more than one with me. Um, <laughs> I'm at one of my first AFCA conventions. You know, I'm overwhelmed anyway. If you've ever been to one, there's coaches everywhere. They're in the lobby. You run into guys, um, didn't know what I was doing. I, I was going back to the room one night and pressed the elevator, and I'm going up, and all of a sudden I'm in the elevator with Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden. Wow. That, yeah, that was amazing. Um, one of my highlights, and this is probably more than you want to know, um, we went and visited University of Nebraska one year. Um, as a staff, and it happened to be the year that Coach Osborne had retired. They just won the national championship. If you remember, um, to get through February, he, you know, he stayed on so he could get in homes. I get there, we're all together as a staff, and his office had been cleaned out, but nobody had moved in it, even though Coach Solich had been named the head coach. And they were basically, I'm not going to say fight, but Coach Osborne wasn't in it, and Coach Solich wouldn't move into it because Coach Osborne was still there. And so you had this awesome offense, office with no one in it. And all Coach Osborne asked for, give me a, a broom closet with a desk and a computer because I want to write my book. And literally that's where his office was. It was the most amazing thing about just serving heart and a guy that had no ego so we're, and again, my relationship with Turner goes way back. So we're communicating back and forth that week, you know, and they're showing us stuff they're doing offensively and we're showing them what we're doing and we're all around the staff table and you've got their staff and our staff. And then there's an outer ring where like the GAs and the football ops guys all sit and there's coach Osborne. Okay. Now he had a seat at the table. Trust me. Every one of us would have gotten up. He knows he's not going to ever coach football again. Mm-hmm. He is at the outer ring of the table, and he's got a yellow notepad, and he has taken copious notes to mm-hmm. a point where you you would if you'd have walked in the room, you'd have thought, okay, this guy is is learning the game because he doesn't <laughs> know it, and. It, it just dawned on me that this guy is never going to coach again, and look at the attitude that he has. And honest to goodness, I called home that night to my wife. So I'm in the middle of diagramming some play for him because they asked me to jump up there and show them how we're doing something. And all of a sudden, from the back of the room, that outer ring, I hear this hand go up like he's in first grade. <laughs> and he said, he said Coach, he said, that is very interesting. Can you, can you expand on that? <laughs> and I about lost it. I'm sitting there. So, so cool. I go, I go into great detail, and he keeps nodding his head, and he keeps writing. And I ended it. I, 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 don't even, I can't even remember what I said, what it was, but he just looked at me and said, thanks. That's about as good as I've ever heard. Oh, wow. And, and I, I called my wife that night, and I said, Sweetie, if, if the good Lord takes me, 
I am ready because I've just heard from God. <laughs> and, uh, and, but th- that just was the whole deal about he wouldn't even coach anymore, and he was so involved in the game and learning. Um, so that was, I guess, probably my all-time um, starstruck moment for sure. Well, that's neat. So we're going to wrap up with one more question for Chuck Peterson, the head coach at Hyde Park of the Panthers in Austin, Texas. And uh, I, I've asked this one before, uh, but now that I saw Mike Leach recently on uh, ESPN's E60, uh, the, the final question was something about his obit, I believe, you know, when you're dead. And, and, and Mike and Mike Leach fashion said, of course, what do I care? I'm dead. So I, I, my, my question is this. It's not specifically to your obit. But, uh, you know, years later, you know, you're in, in an establishment. There might be some, you know, uh, some spirits there, some good food and all that. And a bunch of your players are sitting around a table and they don't even know you're at the table behind them. And they're just talking about Coach Peterson. What would you uh, think would be a, a thing that would put a smile on your face if you heard them say, Coach Peterson is, was, however you want to finish that sentence? Um, help me be a better man. I think that sums it up pretty well. You didn't need a whole lot of words, did you? <laughs> no, and that's that's a real shock if if you know me well enough. It 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 certainly is. Well, Chuck, you're a friend. Uh, you're a great football coach, and I just uh, uh, just appreciate Trish and I appreciate you being our friends. And uh, uh, thank you for coming on here. And uh, you know, who who knows? We didn't break a record, but we came close with 50 minutes. <laughs> I knew we'd get there. (laughs) Pretty close. Thanks a lot, Chuck. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you, buddy, for what you do for the game of football and certainly high school football. Um, We've been getting attacked, and uh, guys like you help keep this thing going. What a great guy, Chuck Peterson, the head football coach at Hyde Park. We wish him nothing but success during the 2019 high school football season. That's going to do it for today. I'm Jeff Fisher. Tune in throughout the weekend. We're going to have a couple more special guests for you as we get ready for the 2019 high school football season on the High School Football America podcast.